0: Hey, everybody. Jill Herman. Welcome back to BU. I am so glad you're here. If you are new to our show, thank you for listening. And this is a really, really special episode to me for many, many reasons. Angie Lee is someone that many of you follow, many of you have learned from, and you've been a student of, and you laugh with, and you admire. Many of you have never heard of Angie Lee, so I'm really excited to be the one to introduce her to you. I have to tell you that What attracted me to Angie is what I believe is the secret to her success. Yes, she's a hard worker. Yes, she's consistent. She shows up. She shows up before she's ready. She shows up when it's messy. All of those qualities of a successful entrepreneur, of course she has, right? You can't be as successful as she is without that. But what I love about her is that there's just no fluff, no glam, no BS. There's no... I'm an influencer energy coming from her, but she's a huge influencer. She's one of those people who decided to follow what in her heart felt like the right thing to do when it made no sense to anyone else. And you know that that's how I roll. So I love that about her. If you've listened to her podcast, it is one of the most successful podcasts in the world. It's called The Angie Lee Show, one of Forbes' top podcasts with well over 20, probably 25 million downloads. So besides being a top podcaster, Angie is a hype woman for the multi-passionate. She's a health hacker and she's a comedian. Like she's not just funny, she's actually a comedian. And that part of her life is starting to unfold right now. And I'm sure you've noticed if you've been following her, and we do talk about that in the episode. She is the founder and creator of one of the best events out there. It's called Pays to Be Brave. I know many of you have attended She is the co-founder with her brother, Mike, of an eight-figure wellness brand called Soul CBD. Great, great products. Please check them out. A lot of you have been students of some of her courses, especially her most famous, which is called the Niche Course. And some of you just follow her because you're sick of the fake stuff on Instagram and you like seeing someone who keeps it real. So Angie, I wanna personally thank you for saying yes. I know you get asked all the time to be guests on podcasts. Thank you for saying yes, but most importantly, thank you for the way you showed up in this conversation. You could have very easily come in here with your talking points and with your guard up. You know, a lot of times when people are well known and they've been asked to be interviewed over and over, They're kind of like a robot. They're saying the same thing because they're used to the same questions or they've they've been told by some PR team that they need to put out a certain message. That's not who Angie is. And she will never be that. That's why I love her. What you see and what you feel and what you hear in this next hour is going to surprise you if you follow Angie. And whether you follow her now or after this episode, it won't just surprise you, but it will be... Like a warm embrace and a breath of fresh air at the same time, and that is who she is. So enjoy this, please. Please share it far and wide. If you're a new listener, check out the rest of our episodes. If you like the vibe of this conversation that I have with Angie, you will very much like Bu Podcast, and you're very welcome here. So here we go with Angie Lee.
1: There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free.
0: Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman, and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multimillion-dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, everybody. So I have mentioned this guest before in the past. She doesn't know that, but I've talked about her on this podcast before. And after about a year of reaching out to Angie, I have the Angie Lee. On BU Podcast. Angie, I'm so excited. We've been talking for like 800 minutes already. Literally. But we're going to officially talk now on the podcast. That was fun. That was juicy, Jill. That was the unedited juice. It was. And nobody's going to get it but us.
1: And we're just going to go to our graves with it because we just can't share some of it. But we're going to (laughs)
0: share what we can. (laughs) We're going to share what we can. So first, I want you to tell everybody about yourself and who you are. And they've heard your bio. But I am always surprised that there are people even closer to your age who still have not discovered you. You're like this comedian, influencer. I'll tell you what I love about you. What I love about you, I have a strong bullshit meter. I can't stand bullshit. I mean, I don't disrespect bullshit. I just don't want to be around it. Like, I'm like, you do it. That's great. I'm not interested. And as I was new to Instagram. Because in my former career of network marketing, the company I was with, actually, we did nothing with social media, believe it or not. We had no influencers. We didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the Instagram world existed. No exaggeration. I built a business without that. And I started nosing around on Instagram and I somehow fell upon you and I don't even remember how. And I loved you immediately because I could sense immediately that you were real, that you were just yourself that you may have a lot of things to share and a lot of things to teach and a lot of success, but you didn't lead with that. And that's what I love about you.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I don't I don't know how to be anybody but me. And I honestly thank my mom for that. I was thinking recently, how is it that I'm able to do that? Because I get that question a lot about authenticity and you know, everybody and their grandma's using that word now in, in the personal development space, like authenticity and... If I hear it one more time, I might puke in a bowl, even though it's like my favorite thing to talk about. But it's interesting because I realized good parenting can change the world. I'm very grateful that my mom always let me just be me and express myself in whatever way that looks like. So I think that's how now I've become a woman who I don't know how to not be me. So yeah, I'll give you guys a little cliff notes. I started my brand when I was 19 in college. I hated college. It wasn't, uh, my jam. Let's say I was never really made to follow the rules and color in the lines. So. I dropped out of college. I had no idea what my job was going to be because I was super unemployable, allergic to boring, allergic to structure, ADHD. So what? who's going to hire me, right? <laughs> so this blog ended up turning into something that grew into this audience. And over time, I realized I could monetize this and I could actually turn it into a business. And that became podcasts and courses and live events, a physical product line that Mike and I, my big brother and I started... Three years ago, that's now exploded and we're going to sell. And so it's just, it's all been from community building, to be honest with you. It's all been from me sharing content, whether, whether that's wellness content, entrepreneurial content, and just leading with this is what I have. This, these are tips that I have. And my initial intention was never to monetize it. That's the crazy part. And over time, now it's become this business and this brand, and it's allowed me to be multi passionate and it's allowed me to express myself in so many different ways. But It's crazy because now I'm kind of in another season again of like, what do I really want to do with this brand? Where do I really Mm -hmm. see it going? I'm 31. So I feel like I'm at that age where I'm now really reconsidering a lot of the priorities. But yeah, I've I've done everything from podcasting, top podcasts, live events. Mike and I have built Soul to an 8-figure brand now. And we started with $60,000
0: in it. Just put a pin in that. Hold on, you're going so fast. I told you before we started, you're so used to this. It's and not you're a big s- deal. Anymore, but it should be a big deal. <laughs> and you're genuinely humble. You're not playing the humble card. You really are humble. But I want to just stop for a second and just let them drink that in for a minute. So dropped out of college. Don't know what you're going to do. ADHD. Uh, think outside of the box. Da, da da da. And then, oh by the way, I have a company I built from sixty thousand dollars of income to you know eight. okay, so. Let's go back to your podcast. Tell them how many downloads you've had to your podcast. Just say it.
1: Oh gosh, now we're probably at 20 million
0: downloads. Yes, 20 million downloads.
1: 20 to 25, I haven't looked in a while. I don't really look at the numbers as much as I should.
0: (laughs) Yes, but that's just, that alone is so incredible. You know that, but it's so inspiring to people to hear. And then your group coaching, and I know you're not doing that now, but all that, that brand, hugely successful. And then you decided, yeah, yeah, for years, years,
1: coaching, on blogging, affiliate marketing. Right now, one of my biggest income sources is working with brands. So brand sponsorships, monetizing the podcast. I love that. I love being an influencer. Actually, I know some people hate it, but I actually love it. So,
0: (laughs) but here's Um, why. Let me say this to you. People say you, whoever wants to be president, shouldn't be. I heard someone say that, and so my new thing I say is anyone who wants to be an influencer should not be. You didn't want to be. That wasn't your goal, and that's why you love being an influencer because you're genuinely influencing people in a positive, productive, healthy, loving way. That's what you're doing. You're a genuine influencer, and you love it because you love people. Yeah, I people love that. who want to be an influencer they love the title. They want to have the white hat. They want to. <laughs>
1: They want to. They have, just want. They just want the hat. They're just doing it for the hat. They want
0: the followers. They want the blue check mark. They want all the stuff, which is there's that's okay to have. But they want that, so they're trying to seek that, and they don't get that. They're missing. They're missing the main piece. And you went for the main piece, and you happen to get the icing and the sprinkles and the whipped cream and the cherry, and that's why it's so genuine. That's why you resonate with people.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that my intention was never to be an influencer, like you said, and you said it so beautifully. My intention was just to share my life and to connect with people and be a community builder. I respond to my DMs. I love my community. I love chatting with them. And so that came naturally to me. So out of that has come this beautiful optionality. But what's interesting is it is funny now when people will say to me, Hey, I want to be an influencer or kids in high school now in college are saying, I want to be an influencer. And I'm like, you will become one if you're meant to become one. and it will naturally happen, but that shouldn't be the intention because it's still a job. You still have to... You have deliverables. You have stuff you got to do. You got to be on all the time. It's a very energy-rich job. It's not time-rich, but it's energy-rich. Mm. It gets very exhausting. You have to be open to feedback. You have to be open to... Let me rephrase that word. It's not really feedback. You have to be open to trolls. <laughs> Criticism. mud People not liking what you do. Everything from, oh, I don't like the color of your hair today. Like It's just... You hear the craziest shit. So... I think... I didn't sign up for it, but I kind of did. But I didn't really know how to monetize it. So for me, being so multi-passionate, what I've done is test out a bunch of different things. Live events, podcasting, affiliate marketing, working with brands, starting my own wellness brand in the DTC space. So I think for me, it's been very... Let me see what I like. Let me see what I enjoy. And then from there, I'm able to assess. And that's my biggest message to women is just go out there and try things. You won't know till you're in it if you're good at it and if you like it. And I'm now kind of at the stage where I'm shaving away what I don't like, stepping into what I do like. Mm -hmm. And I feel like finding my groove.
0: (laughs) So let's tell everybody how we're connected. So this is what's so interesting. So I found you on Instagram, right? And I start following you. And of course, all of it was new to me. All of it was new. And I was like, oh, I just love everything she's saying. This is really funny. I like her. She's..." And then I, I would see who you're commenting on. So then I would go follow them. And it's like this hilarious, it's like this trail of breadcrumbs. And I'm like, it's so funny. They're all somehow connected. So I messaged you because my daughter was ready to have a baby. And I couldn't go to your big live event. But I purchased six tickets for my leaders on my former team. And I remember messaging you. And you messaged right back with your voice. And I liked you even more. And I was like, oh, I love that she did that. And so I could tell my version, but I want you to tell people because I'm sure you get a lot of pick your brain messages. You get a lot of people saying, be on my podcast. You get a lot of people asking you for stuff. So three years after finding you on Instagram, I feel like it's so funny. We're kind of like virtual friends, even though we don't know each other. And here you are on my podcast and it feels so normal, like not a big deal. And I know there are people who will be like, how did you get Angie on your podcast? I'm going to tell my answer of how I got you on my podcast. I want you to tell me why you said yes and why we're here.
1: Okay, let's do it. (laughs) You know, it is interesting because I get a lot of pitches. I get a lot of... I hear everything from my cat died. Can you help me? (laughs) To Should I divorce my husband? To what natural deodorant are you using? To will you be on my podcast? So I hear a lot of things. And I try my best to get back to everyone and support where I can. I'm not a therapist. So those messages, I, <laughs> I can only do what I can do. But you were always so genuine. And I think I respond really well back to genuineness. And the fact that you invested that much into your team and my event, which events are extremely expensive. So we can get into the nitty gritty of that. But like ticket sales didn't even cover what it cost me. But it still meant so much if somebody was willing to support me in that. The thing that I was spending a year of my life to commit to and over $300,000 to put into, like that meant so much. So I was like, she's showing up for me. This is incredible. Like she has so much respect for what I'm trying to put together here and do that I just, I remember being blown away by that. And you've always just been so funny and witty and honest. And we share similar beliefs on a lot of things that are going on. and, And it's always been so cool to see you just continuously show up. So I can't say no to someone who's also shown up for me. And who I feel is also genuine. Because similar to you, I have a really strong BS meter. And so I usually don't respond well to things that I feel like it's coming from ego, or I want you on my show. So I look cool. Or or, I want you on my show. So I get downloads. I never felt that intention from you. I felt the intention was you just want to have a really cool conversation. And you genuinely want to just hang out. And I like that. That to me feels better than When people are like, can I interview you? And then can you email it out to your list? I'm like, we haven't even talked yet. Yes.
0: Yes. And okay. So I'm a natural, and I think you're this way too. I'm a natural promoter. I've always been that way. Like if I go get my haircut and I like the person, I'm telling everybody, I'm not saying you should go to this person, but maybe you should, (laughs) you know, it's like, I had a great experience. I'm always, I, I told you, I just recommended your friend Samson and I've never even used Samson for any services. Because I like telling people about things that I have found because so many people are tight-lipped about what's working for them. And so me having you on here is genuinely, I want them to know who you are. Like, I want them to meet you. It's like, come meet my friend Angie. You don't know who she is, but you'll like following her. You'll like learning from her. My show is 80% solo episodes. And I think you're mostly so. And I've had some guests on. And I'm even though the podcast is still pretty small, I'm very selective. And I always wanted you on from the very beginning because, and the reason I invested in that event is because, this is kind of a bunny trail, but that's how my brain works. So I also like, I'm, how old are you? 30? 31. 31, okay. So I'm almost 20 years older than you. But the point is, I looked at my team in my old career and I was like, you can't be everything to everybody. And I found you and they were, it's so funny because most of my leaders were young. They were in their thirties. And I thought, oh, this would be a great person to pour into them. Because I can't be that. And I want her to like influence them. I like what she's doing. And so yeah, I spent the money, even though I couldn't even go and sent them out there, paid for their hotels. They all raved about it. I got so many videos of the silent disco. I got so oh my God. I had so many. It was just so great. My daughter's in labor. And I have all these videos of them jumping up and down. And they had such a great time. Some of them had like gone to maybe Tony Robbins or something, but most had never done any personal development or anything like that. And they were sold for life. Like that was it. And, you know, I know you heard that from a lot of people, but I want you to know that that was the biggest, I had the best return on my investment. So side note, bunny trail, people need to spend money. You have to spend money and invest in your team and in your business and your life to get what you want. And that was like, so easy for me to invest that money. And it came back in ways that I'm sure I'll never even be able to see, or maybe it wasn't money, but it was trust. Two of them are meeting me in Nashville for my 50th birthday this weekend. And we haven't seen each other in over two years. And they trust me so much because I said, trust me, go to this, go to this and you'll love it. And they had to leave their babies or their kids. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did this. So anyway, thank you for that. It was great. But my version of why you said yes to this, because I knew you'd say yes. Maybe that's one reason that you said yes, too. I had confidence that at some point at the right time, it would happen. One, I had confidence in myself that I know my intentions are pure. Two, I really believe in what I'm doing. But three, and you teach this. I've, I've listened to so many of your episodes that I think the reason Angie Lee is on my podcast three years after is because... As you said, I was not trying to get anything from you. I really wasn't. And I also am respectful of time. I'm not gonna just message you random crap. Like, well, you like random stuff. But I mean, I wasn't gonna take your time and the whole, can I pick your brain crap. And I think that people forget that if you do that and you're yourself consistently too, that people respond to that. But here's what, funny, here's the twist on it. Have you ever had this happen, Angie? Have you had anyone in your life where you feel like, Not that they're better than you, but you feel like they're a little, I don't know how to explain it. Like, even where you are right now in your life, is there anyone where you're like, oh, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Or I'm a little nervous. And then you get to know them or you grow personally and you're like, this is hilarious. They're as screwed up as me. They're as normal as me. And I can't believe I actually thought that they were out of reach. Is there anyone like that for you?
1: I mean, yeah, it's crazy because I was just chatting with my mom about this yesterday, how nothing that glitters, glitters. I always say that. And almost like nothing that glitters is gold. And once you meet celebrities or influencers, most of them are not what you think they are. And that's... I'm not trying to be depressing with that. But I lived in Los Angeles for a year and a half. And that was the number one thing Los Angeles taught me. And this isn't to say there's not some amazing epic people in LA. My brother's there. He's an amazing... Midwest, normal, down-to-earth, salt-to-the-earth kind of guy, right? So there's not all fakeness there, but that's what I learned is all of the beauty bloggers and a lot of these people that I looked up to who I thought were so cool and they have millions of followers and she's perfect and she doesn't have one zit or one problem and her husband's a supermodel and they have six baby gab model kids and she's got a six-pack and she makes eight figures passively. Like, give me a break, right? So I remember (laughs) meeting them like in yoga class and just seeing that they weren't who I thought they were and then hearing that they weren't who I thought they were. And I think that was really healthy for me to pop that that bubble that I was in of these people are perfect. So I think one of my commitments after I went to those meetups and I would meet these authors or influencers that I looked up to, or I was in their masterminds and they weren't who I thought they were, sometimes for good reasons, because they were imperfect, which is awesome, or sometimes they were disingenuine. I realized that I never wanted to be that. I want people, my number one thing, when someone meets me in real life, I want them to say, you're exactly who I thought you were.
0: And you're so much taller than I thought you'd be. Yeah, I'm
1: <laughs> a lot smaller than people think too. But they always... I want people to leave feeling like it's it's real. And that has been the mission. And I said that when I was 24 years old, when I started my blog, I told my ex, I said, I came home one day from a little fancy schmancy, stupid LA meetup that was, you know, who's who? Who's who? And I said... I want to be that person that when girls meet me at my meetup or at my live event and they come behind the stage or they say hi, I'm exactly who they thought I was. And that means so much to me because I guess my number one value is authenticity and genuineness. So I think I smell that in others as you do too. And I think in this influencer personal development space where people are made to be celebrities and crap, it's become a little bit like you have this persona online and then you're this other person and that to me is really exhausting. Inauthenticity is super exhausting. So I think the reason why I'm able to have energy or sustain what I do is because I'm I'm not a different person. Yeah. That I am on Zoom, that I am in real life, that I am on Instagram stories. It's all the same. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about that. Is I think that uh, there is like a few people, of course, still that I'm like, oh, she would be like my girl crush. You know. Okay, name uh, one. But, Tell me one. But they're not. But they're not in this space. Oh, my number one. She's actually my only one. I actually can't think of another one, which is really sad. I feel like all the people I look up to right now are dudes. but um, Well, of course, Sarah Blakely, just because yeah. she seems like a really cool, fun mom who happens to have been successful, and she prioritizes family, and she's fun. So that's why I look up to her. Not because she sold Spanx or anything. I just think she seems like a fun, cool mom who has a bunch of kids, and they prioritize this awesome, epic, adventurous life. But it's Jesse James Decker. I love Jesse James Decker. She's a Jesse a, James. I can't think of who that is. Right. And she's so famous. She's a country star singer. She has a fashion line. She has this cute family. She lives in Nashville. She's my bestie. She just literally has no idea. I just think she's like my goals. Like she yeah. is showing me that it's all possible. She's creative and she's entrepreneurial, but she's a mom and she cooks and she's a wife. And she is just like the embodiment of of like, I'm going to steward my home and I'm also going to be a a boss. And I just think that is so cool. And there's not many women showing that. And so she has always been like, if I meet her, I'm probably going to pee my pants, you know?
0: Yes. Okay. A (laughs) couple reasons to ask that. But
1: I'm sure she has like eight toes and she's got explosive diarrhea and she has problems. You know what I'm saying? Like she can't be that pretty and
0: perfect. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. I asked you that though, because there are people who wouldn't believe that you'd have an Angie Lee for them. So you're that for people. And then you, you're like, no, I'm not. If you you are, and then you, you've you got this person who's that. And, and so it's good for people to hear that. Like, wait, hold on, you have that feeling? You might get butterflies if she showed up and said, hey, I wanna work with you. I wanna buy all your CBD and I want to be on your show every day. you know But here's the other thing. This is a genuine question. I don't know the answer to this. Because I've done this and I've talked about it on this show, but I haven't had anyone tell me that they agree that they have this, had this too. It's not just that when you find them that they're, that you're not intimidating more because you realize they're a real person. That's a real thing. But is there anyone, or maybe it's going to be this person that they're kind of up here to you, but then you grow as a person and you realize, I can't believe I actually thought they were like either better or out of reach or because you've just grown enough as a person to be more confident in yourself. Cause I have friends like that, Angie, that I thought they were like this. And then I'm friends with them and I'm, I'm like, okay, this is so interesting because I'm not intimidated and I'm just not feeling that, but I think it's because I've grown. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I have a few in mind that I'm thinking women in this space who have become dear friends, who initially I was fangirls of years and years ago. And these two that I'm thinking of, I only have great things to say because they actually ended up being who, who I thought they were and they're amazing. And But there's no more sense of like, oh, I can't, do it too. There, there's not a sense of looking up to her. We're looking at each other. Now we're, we're peers. I'm not fangirling over her because I've been to her house and I see her life and I've seen her marriage and I've heard her shit. And so yeah, once the, I think of it as a bubble, once the bubble is off, yes. you don't really have that feeling anymore. And it's funny because this is so crazy you're asking this because I had this phone call last night with my mom. I said, do you think that that's depressing when that happens in life? When you don't have a sense of hope in the in the glitter anymore. And she was like, no, I think it's great. It means that you've realized that anything's possible. There's nothing that's untouchable in a sense. It's almost like she's got problems. She did it. She's got problems. She figured it out. I could figure it out too. So it's normalizing success. It's taking people off the pedestal. It's realizing that they're just like you. And so I think going back to the brand building, that's always been my energy with my brand. And this is such a beautiful reminder. Again, it's like, my intention is to be their friend. It's not to be a leader or an influencer. I don't know, even the word leadership and I don't know why. Maybe I need to do some work around that. I don't like that word. I don't see myself as that. I probably should, but I see it as I'm I'm just your friend. I'm your funny weird friend who has some tips. I don't want to be your leader. I don't wanna be your leader because I feel like that seems like I'm your guru or something, you know? I guess maybe to be honest, that that's a fear of then being, you know, I have to be perfect or something for them. But yeah. I think the most genuine influencers are just being the friend. They're not trying to act like they know everything and they have all the answers, or they're perfect because that's when you really set yourself up to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Because you're not perfect and we're going to all mess up at some point. I mean, Tony Robbins has been attempted to be canceled 18 times. So it's like, I don't know who's going to get out <laughs> safe, but I don't know. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. That's a really good question. Yeah. Don't worry. One day I'm going to be hanging out with Jesse and just like shooting the shit, making cheesecake and,
0: you know, absolutely. Okay. Speaking of being canceled. So we have talked a little bit about, cause this online space, we all live in it, but you are one of the people who have sort of like broken out. And I think about it like this. Like you go to Nashville. Have you been in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you go to Nashville, every street corner, every restaurant, every bar, there's someone who's singing not just as good as, but better than a lot of the people you hear on the radio. Wow. If you think about it, they're, they're better. And you're like, what's the difference? between that person and Carrie Underwood. I mean, they both seem great. They both, what's the difference? It's timing, it's luck, it's life, it's whatever. It's your path. And so you look at you, I look at you and other people who are influencers on social media. And I think, think of all the people that haven't quote made it or broken out or been discovered. They have great content. They are amazing. They are consistent. No one knows who they are. And so many of us who are in that, space of social media, look to people like you. And I think there are some people, well, I think there are a lot of people that they're just looking through that green eye of envy. It's like they want your spot and they're going to take you down so they can get it. I mean, they they don't like the fact that you made it so far and they didn't, or you've made it before them. And of course that comes from lack of maturity and lack of confidence and trauma and all that. But there are really great people who probably have thoughts like that. So, so having said that, then you've got this new climate in the past couple of years, right? Where when you, when you said you've had people ask you about their cat or whatever, I'm dying. I'm like, that's, that can't be true. Like people actually ask you random questions. Like Should I divorce fast?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Actually, this is like a, a joke. I'll always tell Clay. I'm like, it's the third girl this month who's breaking up with her boyfriend because of me. And I'm Something like, what, what did I, what did I say in my content? And they're like, oh no, just ready as a lie made me realize that. You know, you're right. Life is short. Todd sucks. And it's like, oh my God, the impact you can have on people. Oh my God. I mean, maybe Todd does suck. So this is a great decision in her life, but if not, holy shit. And so Sorry, I, do, dad. I do get some weird stuff like that. And then of course I'll get like, yeah, my period poops look like this. So how are yours? Just because I have opened up the the conversation for weird conversations like that. And I love that, but it is funny when it's something that's so out of my Scope and I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do about your hoo ha or your dead cat. <laughs> like, I am not a therapist or a gynecologist, but they think I am because I'm their friend who they DM, right? Yeah. So it's like, just like even text their girlfriend. So oh it shows God. that I've done a great job of like opening up the the space and making it safe, which I want. I want everyone included. I want it safe. But you wanted to be a girls' girl. You wanted to be approachable. <laughs> but I, but I also have to create some boundaries around what I respond to because sometimes I'm like. Oh, my God. I've caused all these breakups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just dying. Poor Todd. I'm so sorry, Todd. That's awful. Sorry, Todd. Maybe you sucked, though. Maybe Todd sucked, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So you get the random messages. You get the random hate. To people on the other side, which would be me, okay? People who don't have a big following. It's shocking to me. People actually have said to you what they think of your hair.
1: I feel like recently it hasn't been that, but you'll hear everything. I mean, I was in the fitness space. So it's, oh, you're not eating. Oh, you're eating too much. So you'll always get the severe opposition of the spectrum. And then you'll get, oh, I liked your hair longer. Like You'll just get a weirder mark if you cut your hair and you're like, okay. Or I don't like that nail polish color. So you'll sometimes get something weird. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like going into mom shaming world when that that oh season boy. happens because I'm going to be trying to have a baby in a bathtub in my living room. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, you're going to die. You have you need to go to a hospital. So it's like there's always going to be something. And I'm trying to figure out how to dance that dance. But I don't know. You just learn to delete it or you block it or you just keep going. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. So back to the word we were talking about, cancel. Okay. So things in the last couple of years are different. I'm not an influencer and I can feel it at the grocery store. Like the virtual signaling. If you don't agree with the narrative that is the most popular narrative and that narrative is, you know, the one put out there by big tech, the one put out there by the government, the one that's on all the major news stations. If you don't agree with that, you're you're not just wrong. You're a bad human. Like you are a bad person and you deserve to be canceled and shamed and blamed and all that. So what does it look like in that online space, when you do break out, right? When you do have a big following, you are an influencer. Are you feeling it more? Do you think like, are you noticing that? Yeah, I feel
1: like if you are a critical thinker right now, which should never be controversial, but we live in the weirdest times where being a critical thinker is seen as controversial, or if you are patriotic, it's controversial, which is so weird and sad. And My kids one day are gonna be like, what happened? I'll be like, I don't know, sit down. We got to talk about it. But it is a weird job when you're paid for your personality and your thoughts in a sense, and you've attached your sense of self-worth in a sense to that, your income to that. You know, as much as I'm doing the ego work to not, I'd be lying if I said, it's not scary to think of those separate. And so, yeah, it is a weird time because all of a sudden it's like, you know, Becky, the beauty blogger, who her niche is beauty. She's now expected overnight to be an expert in politics and economics and in all of these things, which she has the right to not talk about that at all if she wants to. That doesn't make her a horrible person. It makes her a businesswoman. And that's her niche. And that's what she wants to do. And you don't know the conversations that she's having with her friends or with her family at the dinner table. And so we live in this world right now where we feel like we can judge someone's entire life experience and their entire existence and their thoughts and their beliefs and their morals based on these little squares that you see and these little stories that you see. And you're only seeing about five to 10 minutes of my day. You're not seeing my entire life. And so cancel culture is actually hilarious. It's funny. I don't even understand it. (laughs) It's like, what is going on? It's just, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's bizarro world, right? Yeah. And it doesn't allow people to be who they want to be. So if you truly believed in inclusivity and authenticity, you would believe in the first amendment, you would believe in people being allowed to share what they want to share and not being censored. And listen, I have thoughts and beliefs. And I have to realize that if I am a believer in free speech, then the opposing thoughts, they are allowed to do that as well. And I need to be okay with that. And I need to not comment and say, Oh, I can't believe you're saying this. No, I believe in free speech. That means for for all sides. Yeah. And so it, it, it's interesting. It's like people want freedom and they want to be able to say what they want to say and they respect you if you say what you want to say. But then if it's not what they want you to say, all of a sudden they don't want you to say what you want to say. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's a weird time. I'm still navigating it. I don't have the answers. I argue that nobody does. I get messages on the daily from influencers saying, what do I do? What do we do? How do I navigate this? So I'm not alone. I know I'm not. It's just everyone's afraid to talk about it. Everyone's afraid to admit that we're walking on eggshells, nervous to be ourselves, nervous to say one of my beliefs, even about medical freedom or something that shouldn't be controversial, but it is. It's a really weird time,
0: you know? It is. And and as we were talking about before, it's not just nervous to say X, Y, Z, it's nervous to not say anything. Because if you don't say that you care about the endangered, whatever type of animal on some random island that no one's heard of, then you hate all animals. You're a horrible person, heartless person. To me, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that people will take those leaps and then they'll go back and say, if you're someone with a following, it's not going to happen to me, (laughs) but if it's someone with a following, well, I heard in eighth grade, you dressed up um, for Halloween as that animal. So that means you're an insensitive. It sounds stupid hearing me say it, but that's how stupid it is. That's really what's happening.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. And I had a friend say this the other day who has a big platform as well. And she said, who I am on the internet and who I am in in real life, yes, they are integrous and they're the same, but I don't share everything and I don't have to. I don't share all of my beliefs. I don't need to. I owe my audience nothing. I serve them. Who are they to dictate what I say? I'm not the news. I'm not the news. If you want to go watch the news, Woo. My friend, you can go watch the news. It's everywhere. It's out there. You can go watch the news. My channel, my page, the Angie Lee show is not about that. I never said it was. It never will be. If that's not cool with you, my page is not for you. I'm here to spread comedy, inspiration. It's fun. It's light. It's an escape from, from what's happening out there. does it mean I'm naive to it. No, I have hard conversations with friends. I understand what's going on. I'm actually extremely passionate about some of these things that are going on, but I know my page would be censored if I said something. So it's almost like I can't win. So that really resonated when she said that. Like you owe them nothing, actually. Mm, So good. You owe them whatever you want to do. This is your job. This is your life. They don't own you.
0: And you said something, Angie. You said, I'm serving them. People don't get that. You're putting out free content every single day. When you could be just going off doing something else, you're serving up free coaching, free mentorship free information every day. And then they, many, not all, of course, but many people these days think, as you said, that they have the right to edit what you're saying, that content that's been free, to decide what you're saying and give an opinion on it is fine. But to tell you, to me, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's fascinating. It's sad. But the other thing that's happening right now is because of all that, I think we're seeing a lot of people also realize, okay, maybe I'm seeing things more clearly now. The cancel culture is annoying and bad and and bizarre. But if we didn't have that, we wouldn't really see what's really happening.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting to navigate. And I don't think we have the answers. And I think we're still trying to figure it out. But I think the smartest thing is do what feels right for you. That's always been my message. And yeah, it's interesting. I had a woman reach out the other day and, and I loved this message. And it reminded me that these humans exist. And this is, actually the truth, that things are nuanced. The media has done such a great job to make you think that there's two options. And that's it. There's two options. And you better be in one of those two. And if not, you don't fit anywhere. And I've realized in real life, IRL, walking on the street, being a social human, most humans are actually somewhere in the middle. And they're nuanced. But the media doesn't sell that because middleness is not... Nuanced isn't sexy, right? Mm. And so it's not going to sell ads and stuff like that. So... It's interesting. So that's one thing I've realized and and this woman DM'd me and said when I was speaking a little bit about medical freedom and what's going on with the mandates and health freedom and and body autonomy and things like that and sovereignty and she said, "You know, I don't agree with some of this, but I love you and I love your content and I love and I love everything else, so I'm going to still stick around and watch." And it was so cool for her to be like, "You know what? I don't agree on that one thing you're talking about, but it doesn't mean I have to hate everything else about you." And I was like, wow, if only everybody was this sane and normal and respectful, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be, right? Like how cool would that be if us as humans, we were able to hang out with our friends and say, you know what, mm, I don't feel the same maybe about guns. Let's just bring up a random issue. Okay, but you know what, I still love you. I believe that at the end of the day, we still want the same things and we still have the same you know, morals or whatever. And I, I don't know, I just think that would be really healing and beautiful, but we're not able to do that right now. I don't know. I just pray that most of my audience is pretty sane and and able to have respectful, critical conversations. And if not, there's a million other people you can follow. So don't follow me, I guess, then. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what you're saying translates to real life for people. Like people listening might be like, okay, I'm not even on Instagram. It's the same thing. It's the same thing out in real life that you get to be yourself when you're at a party. When you're sitting at a group dinner, let's say with 12 people, if you have an opinion about something, it's okay to share it. And yes, some people won't like it, and maybe people will gossip. Maybe people won't want to be your friend, but that's okay. It sounds so basic, but we teach our kids this in kindergarten, but then we're in our 30s, 40s, and 50s and still not practicing it, right? We say, you can conquer anything. You can be yourself. But then what does society say? Don't be yourself. You can't be yourself. I mean, our whole podcast, you know, is Be You. And we talk about this stuff a lot. And I came up with that name because of some things I was going through in my own life. And I'm like, the thing that people say they love about me is the same thing some people hate about me. It's that I'm me. And I'm okay to be polarizing. I'm okay being polarizing. And it's not a bad thing to have people either unfollow you or not want to hang out with you. They're not your people, right? Like we were talking about something with someone online. Remember about a month ago, you and I were talking about something happened online with somebody and they had said something and a bunch of people sort of came at them and, they were wanting them to apologize. And you and I were talking about that whole theory that if you want everybody in, you're not going to find your real people.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because how boring would it be if you had a brand that fit every single narrative and you did exactly what they wanted you to do? I mean, are you a puppet? Are you an actor? Like, I didn't sign up to be an actor. I'm not a puppet. I don't work for them. I'm not reading scripts here. I'm being myself. We all have different thoughts. That's what makes this human experience is amazing. That's what makes the United States of America amazing is that we have different thoughts. And so I think it's really weird that there's only been a few moments, right? I'm, I'm super grateful. It's not been a ton, but it, it has been interesting that a few people have wanted me to be them on my account. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you have your own account. Go be you. It's <laughs> so funny. I'm not supposed to be you. Like, what are you doing right now? And so it's actually really funny. The comedian in me is I laugh. Because I think the human experience is already super funny. And I think on our deathbeds, we're going to really look back and laugh at this whole matrix cancel culture. Like We're going to laugh at this because this is just so crazy and ridiculous how we're being. And you're right. If, if we apologize for every single thing we're doing or saying or wearing or whatever, it's almost like we're not allowing self-expression. And how boring would that be if you had a brand that didn't have a little bit of edge to it? Like I think that that's boring, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing I love about you, I've said on this show before that Okay, you know how you go to a party. This has probably happened to you at least once where you you go to a party and you think that everyone's dressing a certain way. It doesn't have to be a costume, but like you think it's like cocktail attire. So everybody dresses that way. And then there's this woman who walks in. Sheila walks in and she's got comfortable, sensible shoes. She's got some cute jeans. And you look over and you're like, well, hold on a second. I didn't get the memo. I didn't know I was allowed to. I would have worn that if I knew I was supposed to wear that. I could wear that right that's you that's how you are you're that person Angie and I talk about being that person be the person that like if you don't want to wear that and you're really confident in your decision you walk in because not only will you be comfortable the whole night your feet aren't going to hurt someone in that damn room I swear to you is going to be inspired and go I want to be as brave as her I wish I could do that right and and you've talked about that like when you go on stage you're like I'm I'm wearing what I want to wear I'm going to be comfortable but that's how you are on social media right? Doing your funny stuff and doing your <laughs> reel with the wig and your carol and all that. Some people won't like that, but you don't give a shit. And that's why I like you.
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like that was the greatest compliment I've ever received. That was so sweet. I feel like you totally encapsulated all of it. Now I feel because my, one of my best friends would be laughing right now. Gosh, She would be dying laughing because the, the story that she has about me is a New Year's Eve party everybody else was dressed to the nines. And I walked in in like probably Crocs and yoga pants, and I just didn't care. And she's like, That's when I knew you were my best friend that Aww. day. And I was like, Why? And she's like, Because you just don't care. You just are you and you're so unapologetic. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I didn't even think of that. My intention was just leave the house wearing what you want to wear because you get to be you. Isn't that the coolest part of this experience? You get to be you. So I've never known any other way, but it is cool that that inspires other people to wear the Crocs or do whatever the heck they want to do, right?
0: (laughs) It does. So just like you didn't want to be an influencer, Angie, you didn't go that party to shock people. You didn't wear that to the party so everybody would go, oh, she's such a cool girl. She's so low maintenance." That's not why you did it. If you did it, it wouldn't have worked. The reason that friend was attracted to you is because she could tell you really just wanted to be comfortable. You're probably looking around going, what is everyone looking at? I'm just at the party. And it is so inspiring for women to see people or, or it could be the opposite. It doesn't have to be the low maintenance thing. Let's say everybody was wearing yoga pants and you decided I want to wear no bra and I want to wear tight pants and I want to wear heels because I feel like I look good like that. I mean, that's the same thing, right? And you show up like that and people say, oh my gosh, I love that she did whatever she wanted. It sounds so basic. Yeah. But we're not doing it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because we admire the trailblazers. We admire different. We admire the weird. And that's where... My saying "Own your weird" comes from it's it's weird, it's different. It's it's the people who didn't follow the rules, you know. And we admire those people in history: musicians, creatives, entrepreneurs, founders. The, the greatest people in this world were different. Think of anything that was invented. But ironically, we also want everybody to fit in, and we don't like when somebody says something that we don't like. So it's an interesting dance, right? We want innovation, we want creativity, we want different, we want weird. But then when we see it, we're like, "Mm, no, you're going to play it safe. And you're going to be like everybody else. You're going to fit in with everybody else. So that's something I've been thinking about lately is, huh, that's funny that we admire weird and different. Yet when it happens, sometimes people don't like it.
0: I think it's like that crab analogy, you know, the crab story, because I I started to say earlier in the show, I said that, that like people, they didn't like me for being myself, but they did like me. But as you were talking just now, I was thinking, you know what? I bet you when people like you, okay, decide to just follow your own, whatever that true north is, as weird as it is, whatever it is, you know, all the Carol stuff, the poop jokes, all the stuff, you deciding to also these sharp left turns you take. It's like, I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. I've got a product I'm selling. The fact that you are always following your true north. So yes, it's true. I agree with you that a lot of people are like, but you can't do that. I think that underneath all that though is jealousy. Underneath all that, people are saying, I want to be the one that shows up in the Crocs and the yoga pants, and I'm pissed off that you did it. You challenged everything, and so I have to get rid of you now (laughs) because they secretly want to live that way. I really think all these people canceling are jealous. When we say people don't want us to speak our mind, I think deep down, Angie, they're like, I agree with you. I wish I could be that right. And they're just afraid.
1: Amen. I've thought of this. I've thought of the root of it when we really peel back the layers, what's really going on. Because we should be celebrating weird. We should be celebrating different. We should be celebrating people speaking their mind and being critical thinkers. So it is very, very interesting. That's a really interesting perspective on it. But yeah, it's a weird time to have a job where you're paid to be yourself. And it's a gift. And I will forever be grateful for it. I worked for it. I I wanted this. So I need to always give myself a reality check that this is such a blessing. This is such a gift to be able to make money from home being myself. What a gift. Like that's so cool. It's surreal. It's weird. It's crazy. But it also comes with this really heavy part of, I gotta be able to handle that. And that's hard. And there's days where I'm like, maybe I'll just quit and go work at the zoo. (laughs) I feel like if you work at the zoo, you're safe, right? No one's gonna judge you at the zoo. They're not gonna be like, ooh, what do you think about this? You're a zookeeper. You get to
0: hang out all day with the animals in the fresh air. So I think you've given that some thought. It sounds like you've actually <laughs> thought about I that. Yeah, I'm like, how cool would that be? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see where this all goes, but it might be me being the Austin zookeeper. Oh my gosh. Which, hey, own your weird, right? Who cares?
0: <laughs> but it's so interesting, though, because even if you did walk away and you decided to be done, that's so okay. That's, again, the girl that shows up at the party dressed different. All the other influencers are like, whoa, 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 whoa. No one told me you could quit. Think about that. It's the same thing. All the other influencers are saying, hold on a second. If Angie Lee shut this down to go off and work at a zoo, maybe I could shut this down to go whatever. I mean, it's so interesting, right? It's the same exact situation on a different level. When I saw people leaving network marketing, people were like, wait a minute, no one gave me the memo that I'm allowed to do that. Wait, I don't have to do this. You know, I don't I don't have to. Or when I left nursing to go to network marketing, you know, I had nurses hating on me and other nurses saying to me, Well, what made you think we you could do that? Like basically who gave you permission? Like, well, me. I gave myself permission to do that.
1: Yeah, you're giving me chills because My next uh, book will be, which I've already actually written parts of it, which is funny, is is Own Your Weird. And it's all about this concept right here. It's not about being funny or quirky, if you want to be sure. But weird to me means this. It means that if you want to say, screw it and create a whole new path, then you get to do that. That's being weird. That's being different. And that's what life's about, right? And so I've actually been dancing with this recently over the last year because... I've always wanted to get into comedy. It's no surprise to most people who followed my brand. There's always been a sense of humor and comedic sense to it. I don't know. What's the word? There's always flair. Yeah. There's always been this comedic flair to it. But to really sit in, what would that look like to turn that into a job and make money from that and go full time on that and really focus on that has been very, very interesting. And it came to me very strong about a year ago because I always kind of put it to the side as, as the pipe dream. Like, a, I don't know. I was always the class clown. I was always funny. I always loved writing scripts and studying comedians. And I always knew it, but it was always on the back burner because Mm. I thought, I can't make it a job. I can't make it a job. I don't want to be a broke comedian who waits 50 years for my Netflix special. I don't want to wait for that. And it it wasn't until about a year ago that I've really been sitting in, what would that look like? Similar to JP Sears and his career and how he built it. What would that look like to do that? And the craziest thing, Jill, has been not the money that's scaring me, not the trolls saying this isn't funny. The one thing scaring me is what will they say? I don't know who they is. What will they say if I leave the personal development space? Because I was Angie Lee and I was so good at it. And I sold out events with thousands of women and I was freaking good. And so that's so scary and weird to me. Like, it's like a baseball player being like, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And they're like, you play baseball. That's what you do. And you're good at it. And they're like, Mm. no, I want to go play football. And everyone's like, no, that's what I feel like right now. Mm. And so I've been in this weird dance. And I'm like, why do I give a shit when in reality my followers they they'll love whatever it is? I they're like, I'm just here for the good time, you know? But I think it's my peers. I'm afraid of my peers, which I'm like, why do I care about them? So I'm like, where in childhood was it that I felt like I had to be the cool girl and, and make sure that my peers know that mm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be the next Tony Robbins. I'm gonna follow the rules and have this safe brand where I'm personal development and go get it, girl. When in secret, I'm like, I just wanna write scripts and put wigs on. Like I'm actually a comedian who happened to have been a marketer for a bit, right? Like, is that what's going on? Mm. So you're meeting me at such an interesting time because this is actually what I'm processing.
0: So there you go. You're, you're getting the real, you're getting the real deal here. <laughs> okay. You know, before, before this interview started earlier today, no therapist. <laughs> I actually had this thought to myself. Like I really feel that when you think it's one thing to think, it's another thing to like, I was setting the intention. I was setting the intention with God, the universe, whatever people believe in that, Angie Lee would be willing, because I still don't know you, but I really said to myself, I was standing at the kitchen sink today and I was like, God, I want Angie to be really, like she's already real on Instagram, but I mean like I wanna go deep. I don't wanna just talk about the stuff that she already talks about. I wanna really see Angie and hold space for her so she can truly be herself in this little container with me and whatever comes up, comes up. And I didn't know that was gonna happen I'm seeing it and I just want to say thank you for being super, I know vulnerable is another word that's overused, but it's such a great word, right? But opening up and like lifting that veil and letting me really see a deep desire of yours, like your soul is beckoning you, Angie, your soul is calling you to be who you're called to be. And you're saying that you're still in this little bit of a dance you know, because of these other people and 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 your colleagues and, and other influencers and, and maybe even your audience. But I'm going to tell you as I'm witnessing it, it's like a little tiny crackle. Like it's not, but your main, what you're really hearing is this true, very clear calling. Like when your face changed when you talked about it, your whole energy shifted when you talked about that. And it wasn't like, oh, I think I want to try that. It's like you said, you were being made for this. You were being prepared for this. And when you look at, at one day, whenever you decide to truly follow that and go all in on that, that's like the proverbial, like the epitome of yoga pants and Crocs, right? I mean, that's gonna be the no biggest, biggest flex in the world is to say, I was so successful at this and I still walked away because <laughs> I- made
1: me cry. Yeah. I've never cried on an interview. Oh, Jill, you're the best. This is literally the best interview I've ever had in my life, probably. Wow. And I've had a lot of interviews. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Well, you're, you're also, you're catching me at a very interesting time where um I was actually sitting in this room right here with Clay. It was about three months ago. We were recording an episode, a very serious personal development episode, and we couldn't get through it. And I stopped the mic. And he said, what's going on? Why can't you record this? And I just started bawling. And I said, I can't do this anymore.
0: Morning. and he's like what are you
1: talking about what do you mean we're recording an episode like what are you talking about and i said i just want to make people laugh like that's why i'm here it's why i've always been here i just want to make people laugh and he looked at me and he was just like you know the answer you know what you have to go do
0: make people laugh. go,
1: fish it. go do it and i'm just like oh my god it's so weird to admit that too because it's seen as such a silly thing, ironically, right? So it's, it's been very interesting to navigate why there's so much judgment around it. But that was one of the moments where I was like, I couldn't even report a podcast. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be this person for them. When secretly I just want to go write a script and be funny. Like I don't know how to be her when I'm now this version of myself. And I think there is room for range. I can be both. I think the answer is both. I have the antsine tattooed on my arm, which means ampersand. It means both. And so. I'm exploring what that looks like, and I think step one is even admitting this range. Like this is probably one of the first interviews where I've really even talked about it this this much and this well is is that I'm both, and I think people saw me as this one version, this the sweet little personal development girl who, you know, is the girl next door who's your bestie who's going to give you the little motivational quote that you can reshare, and then this other part of me is like. If you heard my jokes and you heard the shit I say at my house, you'd be like, this chick is fucking crazy. Like, I'm crazy and I'm ridiculous and it's not PC. You know what I mean? And so I have two versions of me and I think I've suppressed one of them for so long that now she's like, yo, you gotta, you gotta share this because it's such a huge part of you. And so that's where I'm at
0: is exploring that talent and that gift and what that looks like. Okay. So... I'm going to use your own words as medicine. Are you ready? Oh,
1: great. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so
0: open up. Ah, uh, You ready? Ready as a lie. Okay. So on the way here, I was listening to one of your episodes. And I heard you say, I won't be able to quote you exactly, Greg, because I'm just pulling it out of my head. But you said something like, you can't go searching for your purpose. Your purpose will find you. And it will only find you when you're brave enough to try new things or try several things to keep trying. And as you're talking right now, I was like, I mean, that was God giving you advice as you're giving us advice. That That's your medicine right there. I, that's, I'm going to say that. That's what I feel. And you're already going in that direction. But all these things you've done, your purpose has found you. And it is still, as you said, it's and. It's not, oh, I'm going to go be funny. It's I'm going to serve people. I'm going to, you know, people say that comedy's trivial. Comedy is medicine. Not just during these times. Comedy always been medicine. You know, I was a nurse for a long time. I don't know if I told you that. And I got into more holistic nursing for about five years. And one of the best things someone can do when they are ill is to watch a funny show, watch a funny movie. It's therapeutic. It's so good for them, right? You know that every cell in your body is listening to whatever you're listening to and watching. And so it's just another beautiful way to serve humanity. It just will look different.
1: Yeah, and that's the limiting belief that I had, ironically, is, This
0: isn't enough.
1: Who am I? I could go give these motivational speeches and write these books. And I was supposed to be what I thought the next Brene Brown. What am am I doing? And Clay, thank God I have such a supportive partner was like, what you're doing is just as impactful. Are you serious? Comedy is personal development. And I was like, Oh my God. It is like, no one ever thinks that like Dave Chappelle is like not talented or like not working or not helping people. He's extremely talented. You know, it's really hard what he does. And so I think it's seeing it through a different lens, removing the shame and the guilt and the the, I've been in this one little box for so long, but I imagine it's no different than the woman listening right now who's been in a career where she crushed it and she was the top of the company and whether that was network marketing or a corporation that you worked for and you were seen as like the top lawyer or teacher or dentist or whatever. And then you're like, you know what, I actually really want to do this. And you see it almost like, why would I leave something that was making me so much money and was working so well? Am I stupid? Am I crazy? <laughs> but I also am like, I don't know if that's really all me. So it's, it's a weird dance. But yeah, I believe in comedy so much. You know, my, my brother Mike was in a lot of pain for many years. And part of the reason why we started Soul was Mike was on eight different medications for anxiety and depression and pain management. And I would sit in the hospital with him for hours and I would just crack jokes just to get him to have a moment of relief. And I think of that moment and I think of how powerful comedy was in a moment where someone I love so deeply was in so much pain and didn't know if he was going to continue, you know? And so it's like, people who don't think it's medicine, I'm like, it's probably the reason why a lot of people aren't depressed. So I do see it as a gift and I do believe in it so much. But again, it's more about just leaving this this old identity of who I think people thought I was supposed to be. And I have such a clear path of success in front of me of who I could be if I just stay on it. But then this other little voice, and I think it's God, is like, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Really? That was that's what you thought you were going to do, you know? So it's like it's been very interesting to say the least. You've now been my therapist through this Jill.
0: You're welcome. I'm going to
1: Venmo you later. Yes.
0: I haven't told you my rights yet. Just wait. So oh, shit. <laughs> You are an influencer, you know. So, you know, before we wrap up, I want to say this. So, it's interesting because I'm glad you related it back to everyone listening that It's a universal message. It could be a marriage that you're in. It could be anything where you, you know, something inside of you, that moment when you said, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. I've had that. I know what that feels like. And there are women that have that and they keep ignoring it, but they don't believe they deserve it. They don't believe they can. They maybe think it's meant for someone else. And I always say, God doesn't give you the message by accident. It came to you for a reason. I don't have the message to be a comedian. (laughs) No one's telling me anywhere ever that I should be going being a kid. And so it clearly wasn't meant for me. And it came straight to you. And the interesting thing is not obeying that isn't wrong. It's okay. But it's like your real purpose gets missed out. You, You don't get to feel your real purpose because, yes, you've been so purposeful. You've been so successful and, and, and great. You and I could look at a spreadsheet of what you probably would do in the next five to 10 years if you stayed on your path. And it's enormous. I know that 20 million downloads. You'd have more books. You'd have, if you tried, you could be, and I don't want to compare you, but I'm saying like a different version of like Rachel Hollis and Tony Robinson. You know, you could do that. There's a reason you haven't because probably, I'm just guessing, you're meant to go in a different direction. It doesn't mean leaving. That behind it means a twist on it, just like different. And when you walk in that direction, all the people, first of all, who are your colleagues, who are the influencers who follow you, I would say 99% of them, except a couple weird Sheila's out there, but like 99% would say, Hold on a second. We just want you to be happy. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't care what you do. We love you. And what you've given us over the last 10 years, we just want more of that in whatever package it comes. We don't care. Because everyone who loves you would say that. But I think, Angie, people who follow you would say that, even if they don't know you. Because it's your whole thing is being yourself. That's you. And if you're not yourself, then you're going to be a big poser. We don't want you to be a big poser. (laughs) The irony. It's like, wait,
1: what? Ready to lie. Own your weird. This is literally that moment where it's like, if my whole message is to go be fully you, I have to be that. And so... Of course, that has been received extremely well so far, even sharing more of the comedy bits. But there's been, of course, one or two, which whatever, they just don't know it's satirical and it's comedy. And I'm like very confused how this woman's functioning in society without a laugh. i like, <laughs> have fun, Cheryl. But um, it's interesting because it comes down to belief and it comes down to me being willing to drink my own medicine when it comes to being a beginner at something again, in a sense, a little bit. Obviously, I already have the brand and, and things working. But still, I mean, comedy is like script writing. You just get better. You have to get out there. You got to try. You got to do stand up. I mean, it's another game of exactly where I was at 21 with blogging and podcasting. And you have to be a beginner again. And it's a very vulnerable, scary profession because you're literally trying to get an emotion out of people. And it's, you know, it's, it's very critical. So I do think unless it was given to you, you probably shouldn't go do it because <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like it's easy. But yeah, it's almost like a, I'm afraid to be a beginner again. I'm afraid to. Leave something that's already just... It's working and it's safe and it's cushy. I love that you related it back to marriage or, or a job right now that the person listening has that's good and it's working. So why would I leave it? It's good, mm-hmm. right? But it's like the whole good to great thing. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see what the future holds for me. Yeah. This was a therapy session for me. I don't know if this was a podcast interview. <laughs>
0: It's my style of podcast interview. I love this.
1: Wow, you're so good. Because,
0: you know, I absolutely could have done a predictable episode with you. And I think a ton of people would have listened. You are a marketing whiz. You are so gifted. You could say so many things. Someone listening right now is like, why didn't you do that? You could say so many things that are sellable that would have made me maybe more popular and maybe more people would listen. There are people that maybe have listened 15 minutes of this and like, well, that's not the Angie I expected. I don't care. Because... That's not what I do on this podcast. We are so real and we go super deep and we also have fun, but I'm so grateful that you were willing to just be here and and share that because your story, I know, Angie, there are people right now, we're in like almost a hundred countries and I know there are women all over the world right now going, oh my God, I can totally relate to that. And it's super inspiring. And just, just the vulnerability of sharing in your Chicago Bulls sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, this was literally I've said this maybe to two other people, but now I take it back. <laughs> this was literally the best podcast interview I've ever done.
0: Oh Angie I're gonna make serious. me cry that makes me feel so I'm good. That's
1: serious. I was like of course you kind of assume what people are going to ask you and you're like, okay, they're gonna ask me to tell them about myself and then ask me marketing questions and it's always the same shit. I did not expect this. I did not expect to almost cry. <laughs> But that speaks volumes to who you are. You're just so gifted in holding that space. As cheesy as that is to say, it's real. You're really good at this. Thank I don't you. have this gift to interview people like this. You're very good at it. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. I mean, you know, I, I really don't know what I'm doing. And I'm so new at this. You're and I don't good. do a lot of interviews. And I had no questions prepared. I had no plan whatsoever. But I also, you know, when you tap into that, just whatever speaking to you, then the right thing comes out. So... Thank you. I couldn't have done it by myself. So thank you so much for this. So clearly the typical question is, where can people find you? But I also want to ask you because you have created such great content that isn't your focus now, but is it archived on your website so people can find it? Because I have purchased your courses and they are so good. I actually purchased your podcast course, by the way. Oh, wow. So you get credit before I started my podcast. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. My niche
1: course is up. It's always available. I love my niche bootcamp. I've done that one. Mm-hmm. it's amazing so if you're multi-passionate trying to niche down you can head to angie you'll see the niche Bootcamp at the top also come say hi on instagram at angie lee show angie lee.com to check out all my wellness products what else itunes stitcher soundcloud wherever you're listening to this podcast the angie lee show and
0: yeah if you want to have a good time and <laughs> be
1: motivated to start before you're ready i'm your girl
0: And one thing Angie does that we didn't talk about, though, I want to throw in real quick is, and I really appreciate this, is she does all of the research and even the personal sort of testing with different products and then shares it with you and only endorses things that she really believes in and that actually work. It's vetted through her. And she has an extremely, I should say, she's very, very, very health conscious and I appreciate that because I don't want to take the time to go and look up, oh my God, what's the best coffee? What's the best this? And I don't think a lot of people know that you offer that. But if you follow her, you will get such great advice. I mean, she has this great product, Soul CBD, which you can talk about in a second too. But I love that you're also endorsing everything else from even, this is what I got at the grocery store. These are my favorite tortillas. It's seriously, it's super helpful. You may think people are over that because you do it a lot. It's awesome. It's very very helpful because think about it. It takes a lot of time. I have five kids and all this other shit. I don't have time to go and look at a trainer journalist for all this stuff. I'm like, Angie told me to get mountain water I, the other day. I'm like, I got to get that mountain water. I'm like, shit, it's eight hundred and sixty dollars, like tax or freight or something to have it shipped to Indiana. I think I'll keep drinking out of my well, but I really appreciate that. <laughs>
1: keep drinking out of my well. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's interesting because. It's for me. It's so natural. Like I love non toxic living, and I love studying that. So for me, it's been natural. But I could see how it it does. You're right. I have to be a guinea pig. It takes time. So yeah, you guys can check out all my CBD products at mysoulcbd.com. That's the brand my brother and I own. And then anytime you watch my stories or my podcast, you'll hear everything from natural supplements for ADD, non toxic deodorant, non toxic makeup. I am like on a non toxic train right now because I really think it's a big thing that's contributing to cancers and infertility and a lot of issues in women. And it's just not talked about. And I won't be that influencer who's showing you that I'm using shit all over my face. So <laughs> for sure, I'm, I'm trying to show the non-toxic stuff. So.
0: And tell them really quick about the latest product with CB because I haven't tried it yet with Soul, but it's the sleep product because I've heard great things about it and I, I need to order it. I haven't done it yet. I sleep like a baby always, but my husband needs it and two of my kids need it.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah, we have Dream Caps, which are capsules, but we just came out with gummies which have melatonin, CBD, CBN. Essentially, it's a blend of all the things you need to get to sleep and to stay asleep. And it's called Sleepy. So it just came out. We're really excited. It's crushing right now. We did a collab with Shalene Johnson. And so it's our co-collab product. And it's just been doing awesome. And we're so excited because like, people need sleep. And especially if you do have ADD, you you need sleep. You Mm -hmm. really need sleep. Um, So I love that. And then we have alert caps. We've got everything. Gummies, pet treats.
0: We've got it all now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome but check that out because it's a really a great product so thanks again Angie. i really appreciate oh, thank you. it this was a gift to me oh i'm so happy it was really great oh. all right thanks angie bye guys